Okay, Gimel Amad Aleph. We got us to Om Rabbi Yitzchok. That's about halfway down. You can see the line begins with Lake and Velikri. Then there's a dot. Om Rabbi Yitzchok. Yeah? It's a bit easier than, than last week, you know, with all these different shitters. Okay. Um, as we said, the night consists of three watches. And at each every watch, Akashbalhu sits and roars like a lion. The Ayman he says, basically because of their Averas, I destroyed my the base of Migdosh. So Rafti say Holly and I, I burnt also burnt, burnt down the base of Midrash got burnt down. Miglisim the Ben Umazadim and I exile them among the nations of the world. Very suitable to learn this in the uh, in the three weeks. Tanya, I'm Rabbi Yosi. Says Rabbi Yosi. Pam achas hayisim halachaderach. I was once on the road. V'nechnasi lachova achas mechovis Yerushalayim misbalo. I went in into one of the ruins of Yerushalayim to daven. Boy Eliyahu Zochalatayv, Eliyahu Zochalatayv came along. Whenever we say Eliyahu Novi, we always say, mention Zochalatayv, or Rachman Yishlach Lonitz, Eliyahu Novi, Zochalatayv, benching, for example. For Shomalei Ala Pesach, he waited for me at the entrance, at Shisiyamsi Tzvilosi, until I finished my davening. Lach Shisiyamsi Tzvilosi, after I finished davening, Omeli Shalomalecha Rebbe, Shalomalecha, Mamati Lai Shalomalecha Rebbe Amari, changed all the pleasantries. But Omeli, and he said to me, Beni, my son, why did you go into this ruin and put yourself in danger? As we shall see, the Gemara shortly will explain what the danger is of going into a ruin. The reason why I did not daven on the road because I was afraid. So, sorry, I've missed that. I've missed that one. Sorry. Why did you go into this chova? I said to go in Davin. And he said to me, Eliyahu said to me, You should have davened on the road and shouldn't have gone into the ruin. The reason why I didn't daven on the road was because I was afraid that passers-by would interrupt me. And he said to me, You should have davened the shortened version, the abridged um, uh, Tefillah, which Rashi says, later on in Kaftes, is called Havinenu. It's an abridged version of Shemonesra. But I just saw, Lamati Menishloshu Devarim. At that time, I learned from Eliyor the following three things. Lamati Sheinichlos Nechorva. I learned that one should not go into a ruin. Lamati Shemispal Nebaderach. I learned that you should daven on the road. Lamati Shemispal Nebaderach. Shemispal Tefillah Kathora. And anyone who davens on the road should daven the abridged Tefillah of Shemon Ezra. But Omali, and now this is why this Chorva is mentioned here, because this, we, we're coming to the point now. But Omali said to me, Bani, Ma'kol Shemata B'chorva Zul. What did you hear in this Chorva, in the ruin? But Omatila, I said to him, Shemati Baskal, I heard the Baskal, a heavenly voice, Shemana Hemes Kiyona, was cooing like a dove, by Meris, and was saying, Oil abonim shabbonisem echaravtias. Basically, woe to the sounds because of the sins. I just echaravtias. Basically, I destroyed my house. So Ravtias echoli. I burnt my temple. The glisim lebeina umos, and I exiled them amongst the nations of the world. But Omali Eliyahu said to me, Chayecho v'chayeroshcho. By your life and the life of your head. In other words, it's an oath. Loishah zubo v'alamerz kach. It's not only at this moment. 
that the Bath Kyle says that when you heard it, and the whole Yom Yom Shalish Pa'amim Amaritach. Every day it says three times, as we learned before, at the end of the three Mishmaras, this is what Hashem says. But like the Bubav, not only this, and the Bashashi Yisrael, Nechmas and Lebotic Knesses, Lebotic Midrashas, when Klai Yisrael go into the base of Knesses, or into the base of Medrash, and they answer you, Amen Yeshmei Rabba, Hagushbochu shakes his head in sorrow, but I'm only says, Ashrei HaMelech Fortunate is the king who is praised this way in his house, what is there for the father who is exiled his son? And woe to the sons have been exiled from their father's t- uh, from their father's table. In other words, right? He wasn't. He's not, not happy about that. But he's saying, you know, that's how it is. What can we do? Now we we said before you shouldn't go into a ruin. Now why not? The following three reasons. You shouldn't go into a ruin. One is Metzne Hashab, because people may suspect that you're going in there for immoral purposes. Metzne Hamapole is cause of the danger of collapse, because this ruin might collapse on you, just physically it's dangerous. Metzne Hamazikin, because of evil spirits. Says the Gemara, Metzne Hashab takes the first one, because of suspicion for, that you're going in there for immoral purposes. The Tepekle Mishnah Mapolez. What about the reason for Mapidus? Now Rashi explains as follows. If you look at the bottom Rashi, Climb a Lama Lonu Gimel Tainim Ladova Echod. Why have we got three reasons for one thing, for not going into a Chorva? Harazai Ba'achas Mahen, one reason is enough. Im Loibola Lamazcha, it comes to teach us, she assures she ain't a Tamazev, Torah In other words, what Rashi is saying is the fact that we're given three reasons for not going into a Chorva must be to tell us that at certain times where only one of the reasons applies and the others don't. Now the Gemara will explain, well, what are those cases? So now we start, What about Mephnei Why do you have to come to Chashad? Use the other reason, Mephnei because of the ruin it's going to fall, fall in. On the Gemara we're talking about a case of the ruin of a new building. Now, when a wall is, when, a, when a, uh, you've got a newly constructed building, even though it's a ruin, which means one wall might have fallen in, you suspect that there's only a defect in that wall. But the rest of the walls are okay. In other words, in an old corvo, you can say the whole thing's going to fall in, because it's old, it's in. But when it's brand new, and, it's, and it becomes a corvo, only one side, you don't have to worry about that. So therefore, in the case of a new stru- structure, there's no concern that the remainder of the building will collapse. So my pilot doesn't... No, no, but what you're saying is if you've got an old one yes. where let's say only one wall has fallen then you've got to be worried that the other three walls will fall. But, well, <laughs> yeah, alright. You, 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 no, you've got a point but that's not the, the Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi says, look, the the top Rashi, it just fell new. In other words, the, the, the wall is still strong. It's that, that part, it wasn't put in properly. Okay, you're right. It could be that, that the rest of it is. But that's what the Gemara says. And why not with the reason of Mazikin? Because there's a shade in there, there's demons. 
So we aren't to betray. We're talking about two people. Why? Because we've got a, 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 a Klau, a Kabbalah, that if two people go into a ruin, the Mazikin won't harm them. Only if one person goes in, the Mazikin will harm them, not if two. If we're speaking of two people, two men going into a ruin together, there's no chashad either, there's no suspicion. Why? Because the mission in Kedushin tells us that a woman may be alone with two men, we're not worried, because each of the men will be ashamed to do any avera in the presence of the other. So therefore, if you see two men going into a ruin, no one will suspect them of doing anything wrong. And the Gemara betray a pritzi. If there are two men who are prutzib, which means of low moral character, right? What is low moral character? That is, uh, that's down to, you know, it depends what the circumstances are. Um, so, so what we're saying is that if Trey or Pritzi go in, then there's still suspicion, there's still chashad. Why? Because since they're Pritzi, they have low moral character, even if two men, something might happen. So now we're going to the next case. So we've found a case now. The first case was Chashad. And in a case where there are two people, so there's no, it's a Chadasi, it's a new one, so there's no worry about Mapilas. There's also no worry about Mazikin because they're two. The only worry is about Chashad. Now, Mapilas, where do we find a case where only Mapilas, which means that the ruin might fall in, it might collapse, where do we find a case where we're only worried about that, that, that um, that problem, and we're not worried about the others. Chashad Mazikin. The table is Chashad Mazikin. You're talking about two people. If they're two people, then there's not going to be any shadim. They're upstanding moral people, there's no Chashad. So what's left? Only Mapilas. We shouldn't go in because it might fall down. And then now the third one, Mepnea Mazikin. What about the other two reasons? In other words, where do we find the case where you only have to worry about Mazikin? You're talking about a new building, so therefore there's no worry about Mapilas. Or with Trevor Ksheri, and there's no, the two kosher people are going in, so there's no worry about Chashad. So therefore there's only Mazikin to worry about. Ask the Gemara, he betrayed Mazikin Amileka, we just said before. If there's two people, you don't have to worry about Mazikin. And the Gemara then Kaiman Chashinan, in a place where these demons are known to be found regularly, we're, we're concerned that even if two people go in, they still might be attacked. Be a voice aimer, or you can say, it's not with two, it's only with one. Lalim Bachad. Right, we've got a case of Mazikin, of demons on its own. Only demons, but with one person. Why? It's a new, um, a new structure, and therefore there's no worry about that pilot. But the koi badabra is located in the field. There's no chashad. Since the woman is not commonly found alone in the field. Right? So you took, there's no chashad. There's no danger of collapse because it's a new one. So what's left? Mishum Mazikin Ika only because of Mazikin. So therefore we've now found three separate ways or three separate cases where only one of the where only one of the reasons applies. We found a case where only there's only Khashad, and we found a case where there's only Mapilas, and we found a case where there's only Mazikin. So therefore that's why all three were mentioned. 
Tonadama. Now remember before we said how many Mishmaras are there in the night? We said three. Now we find there's a Machalikas whether it's three or four. Tonadama. Abba Mishmaras have a The night consists of four watches. Each one is three hours. Dear very Rebbe, that's what Rebbe said. So in other words, let's again, let's take our night, six o'clock in the evening till six o'clock in the morning. There's four, Rebbe says. Namely, six to nine, nine to twelve, twelve to three, three to six. Four watches. Rebbe Nozman, Rebbe Nozman says, Shabbosh. No, there's only three. Remember these Mishmaras are the shifts of Malochim, the singing Shira. There's only three, which means six to ten, ten to two, and two to six. Okay, my time is Reb Nossam. What's the reason of Reb Nossam who says there's only three watches? The Chsiv, it says, Vayova Gideon Umeo Ish, Gideon and the hundred men. Asher Itta, who are with him, Bixayamachan at the edge of the camp. Raishu Ashmura Satechayan Ah, at the beginning of the middle watch. Because you know we've got Babriya Chatechan, is always the middle, like we've got the middle bar in the Mishkan, one on top, one below. The Tana, and we learn from the Braitha, Eitichayna, when you use the word Tichon, Elish Yeshlefonel Lachrel. Tichon middle means there's one before or one afterwards. So since you talk about the middle watch, there must be one watch before, one watch after. That makes it altogether three watches. The Rebbe, how does Rebbe sort of counteract that? He says, no, the Rebbe, my Tichayna. Tichayna doesn't have to dafka mean the middle one. It means one of the two middle ones. In other words, he says they're four, and he says, You've got number one, and then you've got number four, and in between you've got two and three, which are two middle ones. That's not a proof that it's three, only three Mishmaras, it's four Mishmaras, and it's one of the two middle ones. Reb Nosson, Reb Nosson argues against that, says, no, Miksid Chonish Abed does it say in the positive one, a middle one of the middle one, the middle one, right? Techonish it just says straightforward middle one, which implies clearly that there's three. Okay, now we come to the reason of Rebbe, who says there's four watches. My time is a Rebbe. Now, there's two psukim, which seem to be contradictory. One posuk says, this is talking about Sovodamelech, I got out at midnight, to give shvach to thank Hashem, regarding his righteous judgment. That's one posuk says that. Okay, it's in Tehillim. The cost of Echodimah, and then another one also in Tehillim, says, Kidmu Enai Ashmuras. My eyes preceded the watches. Now, Ashmuras is plural. So what we're saying is, he got up at midnight, and Ashmuras being plural, there were still two watches to go when he got up at midnight. Now, how can that be? If there's two watches to go from midnight till six o'clock, so how many watches must there be altogether? Four watches. Because from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock, the only way there can be two watches, two whole watches, is 12 to 3 and 3 to 6. And the previous ones were 6 to 9, 9 to 12. So that's his proof that there's four watches. That's a good point. Kidmai Einem Ashmuras, Ashmuras is plural, is two. If there's two Ashmuras from midnight till the morning, it must be there's four Ashmuras. Rabbi Nosson Sovodok Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Nosson holds that Rabbi Yeshua, that there's only three watches. How does he learn those, how does he reconcile those two psukim? This now we've learned from the Mishnah Rabbi Shua, and Rabbi Shua says, Ad Shalosh 
that the obligation to read the Shema in the morning extends till the third hour. Because kings get up at the beginning of the third hour. And what we said is, we wouldn't have Kriya Shema in the morning from of Kumacho when you get up. Since kings get up at the beginning of the third hour, you can say Kriya Shema till then. So then we're saying it's like this. So if you, if you take again always from six to six, so when they get at the beginning of the third hour, when would they get up? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, beginning of the third hour. Six o'clock the day starts. Eight o'clock is the beginning already of the third hour. So therefore he says like this, Shish Delilah, six hours remaining of the night, the time to the Yomma, and two hours in the day, until the other kings would arise. Have an Ushtemishmoros. That's a total of eight hours. So in other words, explain we said, we asked the question, it says, how do you get up at midnight and still have two Ashmoras in front of you, only if there's, only if there's four watches. In other words, two watches after midnight from six o'clock. Now, but Rabbi Shurz says, there's only three watches. He says, no, we're not talking about two watches, eight, eight hours, uh, sorry, six hours until night. We're talking about six hours is night, but then there's another two hours of day. So what he's saying is like this. When I wake up, there's still two watches. In other words, there's still eight hours till the other kings get up. The other kings get up at eight o'clock. So there's six hours still of the night left and another two hours of the day. So therefore, that's a proof that what? There's four watches. Right, Rabbi Shua, sorry. Rabbi Shua says there's only, sorry, there's only three watches. Ten, uh, six to ten, ten to two, and two to six. Right? So when he gets up at midnight, it's true, there's six hours only, which is not two full ones. But we're not talking about that. We're, he's talking about how many hours does he get up before the Malachim get up, before the other kings get up. That's eight hours. That's eight hours as a total of two Ashmoras. Ravashi Omar Ravashi gives another reason. Mishmara Palzanam and Mishmara is calling the rule. One and a half watches. When we say watches, that when David Amalek gets up at midnight, there need to be two watches. It doesn't mean there have to be two complete watches. So what do we say? He gets up at 12 o'clock. Right? So according to one that says there are only three watches, 6 to 10, 10 to 2, and 2 to 6. So you've got, he gets up at 12 o'clock, there's two hours left of the second watch from 12 to 2. And then there's a complete watch from 2 to 6. So when it says Kidmai Ainabashuras, it doesn't mean two complete Ashmuras, two complete watches. It says one and a half watches. But as long as there's more than one, you can still call it Ashmuras. So that would be a proof that there's still only three watches. Okay. Right, so now, now we're going to say something that has got nothing to do with what we've learned till now. But since we learned that Rabbi Zerika in the name of Ami in the name of Rabbi Shua ben Levi said quoted these two psukim, we quote another member in his name. But Om Rabbi Zerika, Om Rabbi Ami, Om Rabbi Shua ben Levi, You can only say things about the mace in front of the mace. We're only talking about divrei Torah because Rashi says You can't say if you've got a mess lying there. You cannot say Divrei Torah. Why? Because everybody should really join in such a conversation. Everyone's got a chiv. And the mace is quiet. It can't answer. So it's like an embarrassment to the mace 
They have a Ligla Rosh Kravaseo. The Possible Commission, Ligla Rosh means you're, making, you're mocking the poor. In other words, that's why people have got to put their tzitzis in when, it, when, you, when you come to a base of forest, right? Because since, since a mace can't be kind of mitzvah tzitzis, if you would have your tzitzis, I'd be like mocking him. So as well, the same thing. If you talk about something that he would normally, if he was alive, would want to join in, he'd have a chiz to join in on Divrei Torah, therefore you can't say it. However, if it's Tavarim Ba'alma, if you want to discuss about whether Trump is going to get in or whether Clinton is going to get in, anything like that, he's got no chiv to join in. Because he's going to say, to tell him. You know, it's not, not uh, nothing of great importance. So then it's... Yeah, what it's saying is... No, ain't I'm in ever the virtual mace. You should only say things about the mace. So Rav Abel says, we're talking only regarding Torah matters. That, if you're talking about Torah matters, that, that's what you can't say in front of the mace because he can't join in. But if you say worldly matters, you talk about anything else, that doesn't matter that you say that in front of the mace because since there's no khiv, if he were alive to join in, be no embarrassment that he's not di- d- discussing Clinton, then uh, it's not a problem, you can talk about it. The on the other say, on the even the Torah, the culture can mill the Alma, and certainly with regard to worldly matters, because what we're saying is like this. When it comes to the Torah, you've got Loig Laroche, right? You're making, you're sort of, so to say, mocking him, he can't, he can't say the Torah, so you mustn't say that. Right? But certainly, Kavachimer, you shouldn't say, talk about ordinary things, because it's not covered on mace. You've got a mace lying there, and you start talking about the, what the stock market is, or what the weather is like, it means like as if you don't care about the sort of about the mace at all. Okay. Right, the Gemara writes: "The David of Pelgad the Laila Havikoy." We said before David Amelak got up at midnight because the pasuk was "Chatzas Laila Okum Lahodes Lachamish B'Deisus Kechon." Did he really get up in the in in the night? Me'ot Havikoy. He got up already in the evening. Dechsev, as it says, he dumped Eva Neshev. I got up in the evening. That's the you know, sort of early hours of the evening, Vashavaya cried out, I was misbelled, I doesn't. I asked the Gemara. So in other words, the Gemara is asking a question now. Who says he got up at Chatzos at midnight? He already got up much earlier, yeah, in the early hours of the, in the evening. After the Gemara, how do we know that Neshev means evening? The Chsivit says in the Apostlet, but Neshev, at Neshev, but Erev Yom, as the daylight goes down, but Ish and Lila in the blackness of night, that fail and darkness. So we say Neshev means when it starts getting dark, in other words, the evening. We say the Pesach in Amadol. So in other words, we're saying he got up already in the evening. That's the question, not, not at midnight. So it's a question. This is what the Pesach means. Three answers the Gemara gives. Midnight never passed me while I was asleep. In other words, what the Gemara is answering is like this. That usually, David would be awake already from the beginning of the night. And his posse, he's saying that even on those occasions when he did sleep at night, he would nevertheless arise before midnight. That's answer number one. Answer number two, Until midnight, he would doze like a horse. Right? Now, a horse never falls into a deep sleep. According to my... Oh, sorry about this.
turn it off. According to my esteemed Mechutten, Rabbi Reshner, I never knew this, he said a horse sleeps standing up. Did you know that? I didn't know that. But in any case, it says here that a horse never falls into a deep sleep, a horse dozes off. So he was, he was learning in between dozing off, which is quite a good way, in sense, sometimes you see in the place of Medrash, the best way for a person to fall asleep is you stick a Gemara in front of him and he'll, he'll, he'll soon doze off. So hey, because this is what he was dozing off. That was only till Chassos. Then he sort of woke up completely and he was as strong as a lion. Rav Ashi Omar Rav Ashi says, Until he did start in the evening, until midnight he would learn words of Torah. Afterwards he was singing praises, and that makes fits in with the positive, because he says, In the midnight I got up, that fits in very well. So those are the three answers, how we contradict that. On one hand it says he got up at midnight, and on the other hand he said up, he started already in the evening. Right, the Gemara of Neshev Urtahu, does Neshev Taka mean evening? Or Neshev Tafruhu? Neshev means morning. Dechsev, it says in the Posuk, Vayachem David, David smote, Mehan Neshev Vado Erev. Mehan Neshev, so Erev, means, Mehan Neshev means morning, from morning till evening. Lamochorosom means the day after they came, came there. My love, Misafar Vadlaila, does it surely, it means from morning till evening, and the Gorai, no, it means Meurtavad Urtah, from one evening till the very next evening, in other words, for 24 hours. After what? What? When did he sleep? Well, it doesn't look like he needed much sleep. Iachi, if so, lichtav me'aneshev ad'aneshev. I'm me'aneshev ad'aneshev. If you're saying the posuk by Yakim David me'aneshev ad'aneshev means from one evening, from Wednesday evening through to Thursday evening, then why use a different lotion? Say either me'aneshev ad'aneshev till the next evening, or me'aneshev ad'aneshev. Why did he change the lotion? And on the Rovers, the Rovers answers as follows. Train Nishvahavah. There are two meanings of the word Neshef. Because the word Neshef means to jump away, depart, remove. So it means, Noshaf Lailav Osa Yoma, when night depart and day, day arrive, or Noshaf Yoma of Osa Lailo, or when the day departs and the night arrives. In other words, meaning, sometimes the word Neshef can mean morning, and sometimes the word Neshef can mean evening. So it's, it's not sterile. What do we say? He said, David Amalek smote them from Neshef in, in the evening. And there it's referring to it's using it as morning. And they, where, where it says, Kedamti va'ashavea, Kedamti va'neshef va'ashavea, I rose at Neshef and cried out. There it means evening. So it can mean both. It's got both meanings. Smote. Smote, to, to hit. I don't know, it was a war or something like that. I don't know where, it doesn't say where it was. But that was the point. That the fact that met... Well, I suppose it means he was directing, uh, you know, the war. He was directing the war, the fighting. Okay. Um, how did David know? He said, David got up at midnight. We didn't have alarm clocks in those days. How did he know when it was... What? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was one of the answers I gave, yeah. That, that how did he know when it was midnight? Hashem Moshe Rabbeinu Laiva Yoda, even Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know when it was midnight. How do we know Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know? To see if it says in the Pesach, At about midnight, I shall, I shall go out of Egypt. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu was telling Parai that at, a pro, at approximately at midnight, Hashem will start Machas Bechairas. Now he says, Kachatzais, meaning at approximately at night, at midnight. Now, 
what does this mean? My kachasaz. Well, what does the word of kachasaz mean? If you want to say it's about midnight, it's impossible. Is there sophic? Is there a doubt as far as Hashem says? Hashem wouldn't say it about. He would say it at midnight if he wants to make it at midnight. Ella the omele bachasaz. The shpochu said to Mashiach bachasaz at midnight. And Moshe Rabbeinu came and said at about midnight. So we see that Moshe was in doubt as to exactly when it was midnight. For David, have a David, if Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know, how would David know? So how did he know when it was Chatzot to going to get up? Answer the Gemara. David had a had an he had an alarm clock. What was his alarm clock? There was a harp hung over. The bed of David, the Kim Shagir Khatas when midnight arrived, Bar Ruach the finest for Noshevas by the northern wind came and blew on it and Managama Elov and it played on its own. So yes, yeah, so that's how we know it was midnight. Now, the Benya Yodo says, you see, we must have the windows must have been open because if the wind came through onto the harp, so the Benya Yodo says it wasn't a real sort of harp. It was a Ruchnistika harp, whatever that means, sort of thing. Somehow, in other words, by a miracle happened, and, and, and the, uh, what do you call it, the harp started playing on its own. According to that, you could say that the windows... What she said? Yeah, 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 we said Sarkim Klovim Sarkim. Yeah, yeah, at midnight, that's right. So then at midnight, when the harp started going, then he would get up, the Isaac Batara Sha'olam Nashacha, he would learn Torah Tulam Nashacha, the Chachomim came into him, Amalaya said to him, because remember, he wasn't only the king, he was also the Chancellor of the Exchequer, and he was, and he was in charge of the economy. And they said, our master, our king, Yisrael needs Panosa. Amalayim, he said, Lechu Yispanus Uzeim Yizeh, go and support each other. Very important, try and give Panosa if you can, in assuming you get the same service and same goods or whatever it is from a yid and from a god, try and get the panosa to a yid. And he says, Lachub is panosu said to him, Eina kaimets must be asoari. A handful of food doesn't satisfy a lion. Eina borim is malim And a pit cannot be filled from its own earth. In other words, they were saying that even if we give each other panosa, there's just not enough to go round. Omalahem, he said to him, Lachub pishtu yudechem bagdud. Go out and fight. What was happening at that time? At that time, there were um, gangs from Amalek who raided the cities in Eretz Yisrael and they took away food and they disrupted commerce, etc., etc. So if you go and fight them and you win, then they won't be coming in and taking your food away. There'll be enough to go round. So, Amalehem lachul pishu dechem bagdud. Go, go, go out and fight. Miyad yaitzem b'achitayvul. They took counsel with achitayvul. As to the tactics in battle, what to do. Then in Lochem the Sanhedrin, they then consulted the Sanhedrin. Rashi says that the Sanhedrin should dub them for them. And then finally they went to the Urim Vatumim. Remember the Urim Vatumim, there was a piece of parchment with the name of Hashem on it in the Choshen. And the Khangodl used to ask questions and the letters used to light up to give the answer. So the Mephoshim asked if they went to the Urim Vatumim. And the Urim Vatumim told them that it they should go to war. What did they need the um, Sanhedrin to be misspelled for them? The Urim Vatumim is, 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 is Hashem's answer. He's saying it's okay to go. 
So, so, so they explain, yeah, but to make sure there shouldn't be too many casualties. In other words, the Urim of Tum is only telling you, go ahead. But the Sanhedrin should be misspelled for them, there shouldn't be too many casualties. Now, how do we know from, uh, from this Posuk, how do we know that first was Akitaipal, he gave the battle tactics, then came the Sanhedrin, then came the Urim Vitumim. How do we know it was in that order? On Rabbi Yosef's Micro, the Posuk says, the Achre Achitaipal, after Achitaipal, the Noyu Ben Yoda, that's one person, the Evyosa, another person, but then the Sasvala Melech Yoyef. Now we will see what this means. Achitaipal Zayoyef. Achitaipal was the advisor. The Chenu Ayman, it says in the Posuk, the Asas Achitaipal, and the advice of Achitaipal Asher Yoyef by Yom Mahaim, who used to give advice in those days, Kashi Yishal Ish Bidvalakim. The people viewed Achitaipal, this is the man with all the answers. You go to him and he will advise you what to do. Then it carries on, Benoyu ben Yehoyodah, their Sanhedrin, Rashi says, he was the Avbezin, that's the Sanhedrin. The Evyosah, and Evyosah was the Kohen Godel, because if you wanted to get an answer from the Urim Vitomim, you had to go by the Kohen Godel. The Chenuaima, and say, it says somewhere, O Benoyu ben Yehoyodah, ala Kresi vala Plesi. Kresi vala Plesi, what Gemara will explain in a minute, refers to the Urim Vitomim, O Benoyu ben Yehoyodah, Benoyu ben Yehoyodah, which was the, the Sanhedrin that came before the Urim Vitumim. The Lomenik for Shimon Crazier Placey. Why are the Urim Vitumim called Crazier Placey? There's a safer called, there's a, a sort of one, the Mephoshim is called Crazier Placey. This is, but why is the Urim Vitumim known as Crazier Placey? Crazy, Shekorosim Devraim, because their words were said precisely, not too much, not, not too much, not too little, exactly a, a, a straight answer. No waffling. Plesi shemuflon b'devreim. And Plesi, because it comes from the muffler, wondrous in their words, they were very clear, gave clear instructions, and they were always right. And then it carries on, the end of the apostle, afterwards, then they went, he led his soldiers into battle. In other words, after we had all the other things, after we had Achitopol, who taught them battle tactics, and then they went to Sanhedrin to double on their behalf. And then they went to the Urim Vitumim, only after they had the answer from all those three, and in that order, were they ready to go to war. Now, Omer Rav Yitzchak, but out of Omer Rav Yitzchak, but of Idi, we said before that David Amelach would be woken up by a harp over his bed. How do we know that? So he says, my crawl, there's a posset, must be in Tehillim, and the prophet says as follows, Urach Avodi, await my soul, or await my honor. Ura, because he got up before the other king. Ura Hanevel Vachinar. Hanevel is like a lyre, L Y R E. It's a musical instrument. Vachinar is the harp. Or Ira Shocha, I will wake up the morning. Not like other kings who the morning wakes them up, I will wake up the morning. So from that prophet, we learn out that he got up at midnight and it was woken up by the harp going from the rough of finest. Now, we said before that Moshe Rabbeinu did not know the exact time of midnight. And therefore we asked the question, say, if Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know, how could David know? Now the Gemara turns around and says, no. Moshe did know when midnight was. If so, what's the question? Why did he say, He should have said, Bachatzai. But David, Nami Yod, and David also knew Baruch HaKodesh. 
We came to David Abiyah the Kinalamalai. Since David knew when Chasayitz was a Ruach Kaidish, why did he need a? Why did he need the harp to go at midnight from the wind? Answer is they saw him Mishnase. He needed it to wake him from his sleep. He was still asleep. He needed to be woken up. The Kevins and Moshe have a Yod Alamalei Lememachasai. Since Moshe knew at that moment of midnight, why did he say it about midnight? So he says like this: Moshe Kasav Hashem Yitu is Dagnine Pharaoh. Moshe thought that the astrologers of Pharaoh, Pharaoh might, might make a mistake in their calculation of exactly when Chatzos was. But Yom Moshe Bagoyu, and they will say Moshe is a liar. The Omar Mark, we say, Lamed Lashon Chalama Eniyadeya. Teach your tongue to say, I do not know. Shemot is bada v'te'ochez, lest you be caught out in a falsehood. I can't remember, it was, it was on the news in the last couple of days. They played back what one of the politicians Obama, had said. Uh, Mrs. Obama yeah? and Mrs. Um, um, Trump were both in exactly the same speeches. Uh, yeah, 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 I know, but there was something else. Well, they played back to somebody who's now standing. I don't know if it could be this Smith fellow or something in the Labour. They played him back what he had previously said, and he said, yeah, yeah, that was out of context and all that sort of thing. Yeah, or Mrs. May, whoever it was. He says, sometimes it's better to say you don't know, don't commit yourself, because you commit yourself, you find out afterwards that, that it wasn't correct. Now, Reblia asked a very abomba kasha last time when we learned it. You remember? The kasha was, I remind you, he said, look, like this. Paro was being told that in 24 hours' time, all the Bukharim will die. And Paro himself was a Bukhara. So what's the difference of Paro with it a minute earlier or a minute later? This is his diagnosis. He's, about to, he's just been told this is your last 24 hours on this world. And all the Bukharim in the whole of Mitzrayim, this is their last 24 hours. He's worried a minute more, a minute less. What's he so we answered at the time that the answer to the Foshim was as follows. Para always said, Mi Hashem Hashem Eshma Bakala. He always said, I don't believe in Hashem. This, was, this, is, this has all got nothing to do with God. Horaya, the proof was that the first two makas, Domus of Adaya, the Ishagnine Pharaoh, the magicians of Pharaoh, were able to copy it. So this was all part, Para was saying, this doesn't come from Hashem. This is, yeah, this is, we can do this as well. So therefore, he didn't, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to give a piss compare. He didn't want to sort of allow Para to say, now you see, Moshe Rabbeinu said he's coming at midnight. It's already a minute past midnight. Well, they made their mistake. I told you it's got nothing to do with Hashem. That's why he was worried about that. Okay, let's, let's just, just one little bit more. Rav Ashi Omar Rav Ashi says another answer to this kachasai. Up to now, we assumed that it was between the night of the 14th and the 15th that Moshe Rabbeinu said to Parak, now in, in midnight, coming up to midnight now, all the Bukharim are going to die. Rashi on Rashi says, no. It wasn't between the 14th and the 15th. The Palga ordered the Tlesa Nagiyah Beit Avakai. It was between the night before, the 24 hours before, between the 13th and the 14th. The Hohekam and Moshe it wasn't Moshe Rabbein who was speaking to Parag. Moshe Rabbein was speaking to Yisrael. Because the actual posit, it says, Vayom and Moshe, Moshe said, it doesn't say who he said it to, it, Kama Hashem, Ta Hashem says, Kachatzas alaylo, and the Yotzeh B'Tokh Mitzrayim. So he says, Ravashi says, no, he was talking to Yisrael. Omar Kodesh Baruch and this is what Moshe Rabbein was saying to Yisrael, Omar Kodesh Baruch Hu, Kodesh Baruch Hu said, Lamocho, tomorrow, Kachatzas alaylo, like the midnight of today, and the Yotzeh B'Tokh Mitzrayim. In other words, according to this chart, the word 
Kakat Sarish is not translated as about midnight, but like this midnight, in other words, like this midnight, Kakat Sarish, like this midnight, the 13th to 14th, so tomorrow night at like midnight as well, that's when all the Bukharim are going to die. Right, just we'll leave it there, I think. Yeah,